0: a lot of people are like, just hire. Well, that, yeah, sure, that may take this problem away, but it presents another problem. And one problem is I don't like managing people. So <laughs> I just like to do it, do it myself, do what I can control and don't go beyond that. What is it, you sexy bastards? It's your boy, Bigote,
1: aka Rabbi Can't Lose, aka Noah Kagan. Brett Williams earns $80,000 a month in pure profit thanks to a subscription design agency, Design Joy. But there's something really unique about his business. He has no employees. While most design businesses focus on outsourcing work to freelancers or junior members of the team, Brett focuses on doing all super high-quality work himself. His design work is so popular, he's actually had to turn off orders and remove clients in the past few months. He's also doubled his prices to reduce interest, which ended up backfiring and bringing in even more clients. So if you ever want to learn about building a successful design agency, you're going to love this episode. Here's three gigantic things you're going to take away. One, how to make a ton of money without reinventing the wheel. Two, why Brett has actually avoided hiring freelancers. This was surprising. And three, how raising your prices can bring you even more clients instead of less. Enjoy those three things, plus a bunch more ear nuggets along the way. Go check out Brett on Twitter, at Brett from DJ. That's at Brett from DJ and his design agency, designjoy.co. We're trying out throwing some advertisers that we do like in our podcast for 2023. If it turns out great, we'll keep it. If it doesn't turn out great, we'll not keep it. One disclaimer I have to do is that we only use products that I can personally say I've bought or used or recommended. Uh, It's not going to be anything that we don't like. Also, if you're looking to start or grow your own online business, check out monthly1k.com. We've relaunched it with a brand new price. Over 10,000 people have done it. It's a playbook we've used about how we started AppSumo. It's a great support community. It's great action plans. So if you've always wanted to do it or it hasn't worked yet, Definitely check it out at monthly1k.com. The price, I don't even know how low it is, but it's definitely super affordable so we can help people start and really get things going for whatever career life they want to be having. Also, a special pre show shout out to listener NASA 2018. That's cool. They've left a review saying great experience sharing cast. Love the fun environment. The stories you hear are just priceless. Thank you and every other one of you, gorgeous listeners. If you want to shout out in a future episode, you know what to do. Leave a review where you ever listen to the show. I check every single one of them. Tell me about your team of freelancers that are, that's doing all this work for
0: 20 clients. <laughs> it's just me. I run an agency called designjoy.co. It's a subscription-based design agency. So I manage, you know, 20 to 30 clients at a time and bring in about 80 grand a month. Used to be a lot higher, but a downscale quite dramatically for my mental health. And then team. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's just me. So I, I don't have any contractors, no employees. I just do all the work myself. So
1: do you have like split personality? Like you're like, oh, sometimes I'm David's. I'm Stephanie.
0: Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I've done this for five years. You know, it, it's grown over time. At one point in time, it got to a, like 160 grand a month. And then I burnt out hardcore just like overnight, like went into like a deep depression type state and just like cut everything in half. So now now I work about four or five hours a day and bring in a good living doing it and don't have to stress too much about it anymore. So
1: do you think this is a model that a lot of other people could, could replicate? And if so, how, how, how could they do that?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean I I so I, I do a lot of one on one calls with people who are looking to do the same thing and, and various different services, not just design. But yeah, I mean it's it's really it's really how you market yourself, right? It's uh it's really comes down to that. You know, a lot of people talk about creating a personal brand or, or you know, a, a company. I did kind of did the hybrid of both where I did a, a brand, but it's just me. So what you see is what you get. It's very predictable. You know the quality they're gonna get. And it just comes down to really how you position your your services, is really what it is. It's a glorified freelancing gig. Definitely on some sort. So let's go
1: back to the beginning. So how did you get the idea for this? I know it seems like you're, you know, how did you get the idea for this to making your first $10,000 with this
0: business? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't an original idea by any means. There was another service out there that was doing it for graphic design. No one was doing it for sort of top tier design, like branding and web design and and product design. So I basically, you know, borrowed or stole, you know, the model that they had positioned for graphic design, which was a subscription-based model, and applied it to what I did and what I was best at and what I was quickest at. And then it was like an overnight sensation, you know, Product Hunt launch and then built it on a Saturday, launched it on a Sunday, and then five years later, here I am.
1: Can you tell me the first customer you got, like what that story was like?
0: Yeah, I mean, the, they literally, I think, just went their own way, hired internally, but they were with me for almost five years. I got them from Product Hunt, and just like a lot of my first customers. It was a very easy way of getting customers um, for me. I know it doesn't work for everyone, but it worked for me real quick, um, within, you know, an hour. <laughs> And then, yeah, I mean, just things sort of uh, spiraled from there. And they were with you for five years, man. Yeah, I have uh, three or four clients who have been with me since, you know, the first three to six months uh, of launch back in 2017. So
1: if someone wanted to replicate this as a solopreneur themselves, like, and maybe let's say they want to do in marketing, like, let's just take, let's take TikTok videos mm-hmm. or Facebook ads. Like,
0: I guess, how would you, and they wanted to make the 10,000, get the the first client, like, what would you recommend for them? What it is, it's a productized service. So you're taking the same philosophy as when you go to the grocery store to buy an Apple. You can see the Apple, you know what the Apple costs, um, and you can get it right then and there. So you can basically apply that concept to anything, whether it's development, design, TikTok videos, right? Um, And packaging it up and then these these subscription plans, which you outline exactly what the client gets for what price. And that's basically it. I mean, people are applying this to copywriting, they're applying it to marketing um, services. So TikTok, whatever you name it, it's again, it's really how you package it, and then you know it's the, the benefits to the, the to the end user is that you know they know exactly what they're going to get, they know exactly what they're going to pay. they're not going to worry about um, having to you know pay hourly or potentially go over a budget. It's this very predictable service that is sold just like you were to go buy a physical product, so it's just productizing design is really what I've done. And where would you get your first client if you didn't have any audience? Personally, I would do what I worked for me. So, what worked for me was building in public. So, since I was the first one to really do this for branding and, and product design and landing page design, I built this in public on platforms like Indie Hacker, Slack. Like, community, community growth is really kind of the new thing. It's really hard. I mean, to acquire customers on these platforms that people used to acquire for them for cents on the dollar, I mean, now it's like, super expensive. Like, community growth is free. So, joining communities, joining Slack groups, joining Indie Hacker all these platforms that we have for free available to us and build in public, share your story, inspire others. And that that's what I've done. Um, aside from the initial product and launch, that's what got me through until now. Uh, now Twitter's the big thing for me. So I just follow the same steps that I did. Fortunately, I haven't had to spend a dime on customer acquisition ever. So <laughs> mm. I'll just been sort of public updates um, and sharing my process. How did you choose to do that? It's a good question. I think, you know, I found that indie hacker group early on in in building this, you know, cuz I I always had the men- mentality that I was going to do it myself. I never had the aspiration to actually build a team, you know, like you've done and grow it into this just massive company. I wanted to just kind of stretch myself to my limits. And, you know, an indie hacker what that is basically is is someone who just bootstraps and and, you know, pulls up their boots and just gets the job done, does everything for their company, doesn't take outside, you know, funding a lot of times. So that was the group that I kind of just fell into and adopted the same philosophies as they did. And uh, sharing your journey, building a business is sort of part of that. That's how I landed in there.
1: Why did you choose not
0: to hire any freelancers? Because I was
1: expecting you to have some that helped you with more of the basic tasks.
0: For a few reasons, Uh, quality control is hard because I do maintain uh, the highest quality control in this space, in the subscription space. There's no one that even comes close because again, they're all contracted out to junior and freshman designers, a lot of times overseas. And it's hard to maintain quality. It's hard to maintain profitability in this model too, because it's a fixed price, but the workload is variable. It's really kind of tricky to maintain that level of profitability there. Also just more stress, right? Like a lot of people equate hiring more people to equate it to less stress, which isn't, it's not a, it's not a one to one match. And a lot of people are like, just hire. Well, that, yeah, sure. That may take this problem away, but it presents another problem. And one problem is I don't like managing people. So (laughs) I just like to do it, do it myself, do what I can control and don't go beyond that. Have you tried hiring? Yeah, I mean, I've tried, when I say try, yeah, I've put out some feelers, done a couple of interviews, looked at some sample work. And then, you know, the few good designers that I found that were actually available to work for that I could actually afford, it just didn't work out for whatever reason. But yeah, good designers are really hard to find, surprisingly, even though there's a lot of them out there. A lot of them just aren't available or or whatever. So uh, I just kind of went the other way.
1: Have you ever worked with another contractor with these clients and then had a bad experience?
0: Uh, never, never under the umbrella of design joy. No, I mean, I've worked in other other positions with other designers, but not in this capacity. Now. I guess I'm curious how you think it would be if you found someone that was able to
1: work at your level and
0: offload some of the work. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure that world exists out there. Yeah. for me, if, if I were to sort of embark on that. And A lot of it, too. Until now, I really haven't had the time to even think about hiring. I've been so like engrossed because I I used to work, you know, at least twelve-hour days for a good four plus years. So I was constantly in the weeds of just keeping up with work. So I never had the the, even the mind space to to even think about really seriously hiring someone on and finding the right prospect. But yeah, maybe maybe that would work. And there's probably a world again where that could work just fine and, and take some load off me. Right now I work four or five hours a day so, and I like what I do and I'm not looking to really stop. So.
1: And all the money is, most money is profit because it's just your time.
0: Yeah, I mean, minus taxes. Yeah, my, my minimum, my, my expenses are about, uh, well, I don't know, 400 bucks a month and that's it. This episode is brought to you by
1: BetterHelp. That is betterhelp.com slash Noah and they'll give you 10% off. Uh, y'all know me, I've been going to therapy for probably about 20 years and recently someone was asking me, why do you not seem as sad anymore? And I was trying to trace it all back. And I think a lot of it is because I've been going to therapy and talking about things going on and making my life better. So if you've ever thought about it, going to therapy for work, for relationships, or just because you want to have someone to talk with, it's sometimes tough to find which therapist to go to. So I recommend checking out BetterHelp. I think it's a great service. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash noah today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, dot slash Noah check it out. I'd be really curious if you go and try out therapy, let me know what you think of it. Tell me a little bit more. You said that you were working, one, the fact that you worked for four years at 12 hours, and you said you had double the amount of clients and money. Tell me about like, what was that experience like? What was going on? Sounds like some of
0: the tougher moments of being a solopreneur. So I don't have, uh, I don't have like this, uh, this lead gen magnet out there that runs. I mean, it's sort of like interest in design joy sort of ebbs and flows. And there's points where. In the past, you know, few years where it just blew up for whatever reason, and then I joined Twitter, and my business went from eighty thousand a month to one hundred sixty thousand a month in a month. And I and I'm still doing, I'm still the one doing all the work. <laughs> um, so it was at that point in time where, like I said earlier, I mean, I just flat out hit the road and burned out for the first time in my life. I used to be this just robot almost of just being able to crank out and work for endless hours, right, and never get tired of it. And then all of a sudden, I felt what I probably should have been feeling all along, which was I was overworked. The money itself became far less important to me. And I I have a family. I have three kids. I have three small girls and a wife. So time with them was very minimal each day. Barely even had to eat dinner with them once or twice a week. So I just got tired of it. Like I said, I cut things down quite dramatically. And uh, in a far better place today. How'd you make the decision? Can you tell me about the day you made the cut? Uh yeah, I mean the well there was a series it was a series of leading up to it. Um, as at one point in time, I remember when I joined Twitter, I you know I had to shut things down from a sign up process. I, I didn't let anybody sign up for my service because it just blew up all of a sudden. And I thought, okay, well I can just end things completely, not take any new sign ups, or I can double my prices. So I doubled my prices, went from twenty five hundred to five grand a month. Thought that that might curb the enthusiasm around the service. Um, it actually had the opposite effect, which is a funny thing about business and how that works. So you always think that raising your prices is going to, you're going to price yourself out of the market, which it, all it does, it just enters you into a new market. Um, that's what happened to me. And then, you know, then I cut all my, my waiting list. I had a hundred, hundred plus clients on a waiting list, just trashed the waiting list and Calendly <laughs> just got rid of it. And then, uh, it just, it just didn't stop coming. So I still remember the night when I was in, I was in my home office back in Phoenix and, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. It was a slow burn for a long time. And I just had enough where I finally had the epiphany that like, all the revenue I'm making is great, but it just didn't matter anymore. Like what mattered to me was just gaining back my time and my freedom and running my business versus letting it run me. So it just took a lot of time and it took a lot of conversations with other entrepreneurs and other leaders and, and trying to figure that out and really like accept that. But then not only accept it, but actually act on it was the, was the hardest part. So... Good for you, man. Yeah. Was it like instant relief like that next day? Oh, it was. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't like I cut everything that day. Like it was a, it was a process, but yeah, it was like and, and keep it keep in mind this is worth noting too. I had a full-time job up until October of last year. So, <laughs> I maintained a full-time design job the whole the whole way almost. So, I cut that and and then that was a huge relief and then yeah, downsizing and being able to actually like eat dinner and like relax at night was yeah it's like it's a it's a whole other world now the scenario that i'm in so i wouldn't i wouldn't go back to where i was for sure how did you organize like what are the
1: systems or ways that you're able to organize like all these clients and, and like uh yeah. they, do you use Calendly?
0: like can you tell me more about the systems you have in place that's the funny part so people would be i run my agency completely backwards from any traditional agency out there i use the free version of trello to manage all design requests for clients. So they input requests into Trello. Each of them have a board. There's three columns on it. And they move requests through the, through the queue. I operate personally on Airtable. So I have a, you know, each client has a has a line on an airtable board with their current requests. And I just pop that open each day and do it, move on to the next one down the list. Those are the only two tools that I use to run to manage, you know, 20 to 30 design clients at a time. And even very complex product you know product design and software design all works within that process. So
1: do they, how do they smell like mock-ups
0: or things like their requests? Uh, through Trello, like I said, so they have, a, they have a card in Trello equals a request. So they just input it in there yeah. with as much or as little details they want. And then, yeah, I spit them back a design within 48 hours, sometimes 24 hours. And then we just move on to the next one. What other tools do you use to run your business? Um, and those are the two main tools that I use to manage my business. And I use Figma for design. And uh, Webflow is, is sort of my web builder of choice, which is what I, I use to host and build my site. And that's it. What does someone get for 5K now? Uh, it depends. So the, what you get out of DesignJoy for 5K, really, the f- there's several factors involved in that. So if you average a request is done every couple of days, and you can kind of do the math, if we don't get hung up on anything, how many requests you can get done. But generally, you can get, with DesignJoy, you can usually get branding done and a website done not build. Um, I do Wellflow development too. That usually goes into the second month. But generally speaking, if a new client comes to me without anything, they'll get branding and a website done. And then what do they keep paying you for? Like new brand updates, website updates? Yeah, we continue building the site. Maybe they have a product design, product that they need to design. Maybe they have marketing materials. Some clients stay on for a month. Some have stayed on for years. And then you can pause too. So like, let's say you, you just need one thing done, but you don't have enough work to constitute a whole subscription. You know, the beauty is you can Get that done. Pause it. Come back whenever you have additional work. So it's sort of like this always available retainer that you can turn on and off within a second's notice, which you can do with traditional agencies.
1: Yeah, a little bit more like AWS of sorts. Mm-hmm, yeah. What does a typical workday look like?
0: Uh, so I wake up about I don't know eight o'clock, sometimes seven thirty. I'm in my vacation home now, so I'm in vacation mode. But back home, I wake up earlier because our kids wake up early. I usually start work about nine thirty. And nowadays end at 1, 1.30. Dude, hell yeah. And then what do you do afterwards? How do you, how do you enjoy? Usually kids are banging at my desk wanting me to do whatever with them. So do that. Usually go out and grab some food, come back. We have a baby, so I'll help with her. And then, you know, dinner comes around and then bedtime comes around and then <laughs> watch some TV and that's it. How have you enjoyed the money as a solopreneur? Or like, have you bought anything wild
1: in the past 12 months?
0: Uh, but we built this house. So, um, my, f- I live in Phoenix with my wife. So I have family back in Missouri, which is where I'm at now. So we used to come back and visit quite often, but could never stay very long. So we built this house here, which doubles as an Airbnb, but that was pretty wild. Other than that, haven't bought anything else. I thought that was like a fake zoom background. No, <laughs> no, no. This is uh yeah, this is our Airbnb. We just, uh, we just published it yesterday. So it's been like two years in the making and finally we're just like, let's just do it. So yeah, that was, that's the only thing that, uh, that really I spent considerable money on. Y'all know that I love a good bed. And one of
1: the most important parts of a good bed is a good bed sheet. It makes a gigantic difference. I actually used to work at Macy's in bed sheets. True story. Also, I can't be having my superhero bed sheets anymore. You know, Uncle Noah's got to grow up one day. I've actually heard about this company recently because they're like, yo, let us sponsor and we'll send you some bed sheets. And they've got buttery soft sheets. Their lawyer said we can't say it's butter because it's not actually butter. Not only, though, do they make my bed look super high end hotel, which I've put these sheets on my Airbnb at my house in the backyard, but they are also made of 100% organic cotton threads that get softer with every wash, not harder. It's kind of quality you feel me that you ever go to a hotel and you're like, man, I wish I could have this at home and it's never the same. These are the kind of sheets that seem they might be able to do that for you. So I ordered their signature hem sheets in white because I like look and feel and I think it's super clean and it's super hot in Texas. And so you need something that doesn't feel super warm. Why are we saying super so much? Super, super, super. So I've never used to be one of these people that miss their own bedding while I'm traveling, but I miss my pillow, I miss my mom, but really I miss a good night's sleep. And I definitely think if you get Bolin Branch bedsheets, it should help you out and have a great night's sleep. They've got over 10,000 rave reviews. It's loved by three presidents. And there's 30 nights risk-free, so if it's not good, you can return it with free shipping and returns on all U.S. orders. Make the most of bedtime with Bowl and Branch Sheets. You get 15% off. Not bad. Your fourth set of sheets when you use promo code NOAA. That's me at Bowl, B-O-L-L, and Branch.com. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com, promo code Noah. Look, this sponsor stuff is new. I'm telling you about products that I like and recommend personally to you. Give them some love. Go check them out. And let me know know what you also think about having sponsors in the show or not. But it definitely helps us be sustainable to be able to do these shows and put out that fun goodness for you gorgeous people. Love you. What advice do you have for someone who's, who's just getting started out wanting to be an entrepreneur and they want to make a million bucks?
0: Again, like my path is not always the right one. But yeah, I think a lot of people like to take the easy way there and try to go after funding and, and debt, taking on debt and feel like they have to build a team in order to achieve greatness. And, and I've, I've just sort of like managed my expectations along the way, being okay with not growing into a $100 million company. Maybe just, I was fine, you know, when I was making 20 grand a month, right? So I would just say like limit yourself, like don't take on too much work than you can handle. Eventually you will get to the point where you will burn out even if you're like me and you never thought that day would ever come. So just, you know, like if it were me and I was starting over, I would go after five clients for five grand a month, make 25 grand a month, which is in, insane money and only work a few hours a day under this model. So that's, that's really what most people should be achieving if they want to sort of follow in my footsteps. Don't follow the, you know, try to get 30, 40 clients. It's just get, uh, get three or four under your belt and you're going to be making killer money. Well, it's also interesting. You were saying just
1: get clients that stick with you five, three, four, five years. Cause you're not having to like chase money all the time, which is you know for freelancers or some people, the big challenge.
0: Yeah. And, and if you maintain three or four clients at a time, I mean, imagine how much better you could handle those clients and, and treat them well and communicate well than me, who is handling, you know, 20 at a time, you could have a much more closer relationship with them. They'll stick around longer. Uh, and it's just more achievable. It's like, if you think, okay, I got to make a million dollars a month, it's like that you, you start to get almost, you know, like, how the heck am I going to do that? But if you just vision getting three or four clients, I mean, anybody can do that. So
1: well, I think the other thing to, to really acknowledge and like appreciate about your journey or I'm appreciating is like, one, you kept your day job, right? I think a lot of people think, hey, I want to be a solopreneur. I want to get, be a, you know, make some money. I got to quit and go do these wild things. It's like, no, keep your day job, have a good relationship with them and do these other things you're interested in. So I admire that. And then I, I do think what you did is I, I love the, the approach, which is, hey, what am I already good at? What do I already like seem to like doing? This is just my assumption. And it's like design and you've been doing design for a really long time. And then you leverage that to create a business around it. I think sometimes people go way too sideways. Yeah. They're like, all right, I'm going to go and try to do something like construction. You're like, that's fine. But like, I'm a marketer, you're a designer. And those are things we enjoy and seem to do well. So I, I admire that you you kind of took those two things uh, in creating this business.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people too, they try to, you know, always, everyone's always trying to create something new that something has been done before. That doesn't, I mean, what I've done is not, I was not the first one to do it, right? I just positioned it different as something a little different, but but borrowed something that was already successful out there. So it's less about creating something new and unique and more about just creating something that people want. And that may just be already out there, but you could do it better. 100%. Two last things. One, what business ideas or categories are you most excited about right now or you think your model could work in? I'm obviously a sucker for the productized market. I mean, I think it's a service-based market, but I think like Anybody who's trying to productize development, for example, is sort of that's the billion dollar idea right now. Because it's very difficult to do. It's hugely variable compared to design. And so I know of a couple of people who are trying to do the design joy of development. So that's that's a that's a market that I try to follow because I, I mean I would lose it myself, but also I think it's it you'd have to be a genius to figure it out. I'm sure someone will. But um, other than that, I mean, like the fintech market has always has always been like a, a huge like passion of mine, just seeing that that space sort of always, always sort of innovate. Yeah, I don't know. I, the, and obviously, obviously, like the AI market is like the big thing right now. Uh, it's everywhere. It's like all over my Twitter feed, watching that progress day, I feel like day by day, is just mind boggling to me, how fast that's progressing.
1: Agreed. You mentioned it earlier, I'm just curious to follow up on it, like the pros and cons of going hyper growth and hire a bunch of people and doing all that stuff versus the, you know, the solopreneur growth style.
0: I think a lot of it comes down to Maybe like personality type and risk adverse. Like I don't like risk, and I have a family, so I like I like safety. So as soon as I grow beyond my means and hire on other people who are who I'm there for from that point forward, responsible for, uh, and and ensuring they have enough work. And now I've, I've all of a sudden worry about leads coming in. Now I've got to be active about that, and it all it just that to me seemed very stressful, way more stressful than just at the end of the day just doing the work that came through and having full control over. When I opened up the floodgates and when I closed them, if you have a team, I mean, you—that's a whole other world, right? So I don't know. It was just always something that I was going to do, and not to say that I won't in the future yeah. hire on additional people and take it on a team, but today I'm comfortable and less stressed doing it this way. I going to inspire a lot of people. It, it's interesting.
1: I was, I was talking to someone like a day or two ago around the best thing about AppSumo is the people and the worst thing about AppSumo is the people. <laughs> like we have a lot, we have amazing. I literally love like almost all of them I love. And then there's times where I'm like, dude, you know, like I could be a solopreneur. I could like maybe a thing, you know. It's like both, you know, both are interesting. It depends on, you know, where you're at, what works for you.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you would have never been able to probably grow AppSumo to where it is today. I mean, you would have probably been wildly successful, but without a team, and I don't, that's what I'm saying. I don't mean to discount a team. It really more, more so matters what you want your life to look like. I have nothing against growing a business and hiring on a team and scaling. Yeah. But that's just not what I wanted my life to look like in my day to day. So it was just a personal project. I love that. And yeah, like even this YouTube channel, we have, there's a team that helps
1: me that we work together on. It. And I will say like, if they weren't working with me, I don't think I would do it. I would do it. I would be a much more diluted version, which would be okay. But I'm happy to have the people they they like inspire and motivate me. But there's other people who like, like Graham Stephan films his stuff, edits his stuff. Oh, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, he might finally have some editors, but I when I met, was hanging out with them like months ago, was like you know, I'm, so, I'm like, bro.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's to each their own. I don't, you know, there's pros and cons to both, but yeah, ultimately it comes down to what you want. So sounds like the the life question. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, what do you want your day to day look like? This is what I wanted mine to look like. You know, other people have wildly different visions, and hey, all power to them. Yeah, because it's interesting. You can't if what happens if you want to take a week or two off. Exactly. I mean, that's a good point, right? That's that's like one of the million dollar questions is, hey, what if you get sick? Or what if you got COVID, heaven forbid, which I did. And that you know, wasn't good. But yeah, I mean, I really don't get to take much vacation. So that's one of the downsides to it. There's And there's plenty more that I could list. So can you list a few more? I'm, I'm curious what the other ones are? Well, I mean, if so, for one, as a designer, I don't want to say loneliness, because I don't want to sound like, you know, make injecting sort of like personal things into it. But I mean, there is a sense of like, of loneliness, and you probably won't be able to sort of collaborate with other people is a huge thing. I, I, that's one part of my life that I that my wife wishes I could change. Would be like get a mentor, get some outside influence, like start talking to people, work with other designers. Or you know that that being a solopreneur and not having access to the outside world can feel lonely at times and can set you back and hold you back. Now, obviously, like taking on all the work yourself is huge. I mean, at the end of the day, like. I know that I can't. I can't wake up and feel horrible. I've got to do the work, right? So, I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's some negatives to it, and the vacation and break is one big one of them. But it's partially why you know I had to build this house because we can't go on normal vacations like other families go on. We come here, and that's my vacation. But I need a place to like work, right? So, so you know that this is my vacation, and is basically as good as it gets, which is good. I can't complain, but it won't always be that way. I don't really you know, know what tomorrow holds, but we'll see. That is a wrap. hope you liked the episode.
1: I loved making it for you. Go check out Brett's design agency at designjoy.co. Next, text your friend you love him. Yo, dog, let's go do a yoga class together. Before you go, tweet at me, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, at Noah Kagan. I love hearing from you. Also, remember to go subscribe to my email list. Put my best tips into a single short email each and every week and exclusive content for subscribers. That's okdork.com. Finally, a couple shout shouts to the amazing team, Jason at podcasttech.com for making these podcasts sound so damn good. Thank you to Mitchell, Jeremy, George, Cam, Sasa, Nikki, and Jen from the Dork team for all the magic y'all do. Uh, and finally, shout out to the Absumo support team. There is a lot of people who help make it happen. But Lauren and Amy and everyone else who's been a part of it, as well as the Originals team, Serba and Luca, it's been amazing how you help all the sumo and people at AppSumo buy products and answer their questions, and I can never do your job because you have much more patience and empathy than I do have, so you inspire me, and thank you for taking care of all of our customers. Hope you're doing great. Have a sunny day. What's your favorite sandwich?